Easter is not about a bunny, and it's not about an egg hunt or getting candy. It's about Jesus Christ, the Savior, who rose again. He also died on the cross for our sins. Jesus will forever give us forgiveness. He forgives us even when sometimes we definitely don't deserve it. To some people, Easter is about eggs or candy, but to me, Easter is a time of forgiveness because God died on the cross to forgive us and give us a second chance to go to heaven. Why make Jesus famous? More like, why not? Do you not want others to experience his mercy, grace, feel the joy and happiness of our faith? You better start spreading the good news of the Lord. No need for us to hoard his pristine, our king from this evil, empty world. He's omnipresent, always present, never not present. He hears our every cry, and because of him, I lie. In green pastures, where the waters, they run quiet. I shall not fear evil. I know the Lord will fight it. And if you take the peace God gives you and keep it to yourself, you might as well take your Bible and store it on a shelf. He wants us to share his holy name, and we should want him to take the fame. So, why make Jesus famous? The question is, why not? Because in the end, the Lord our God is the only one we've got. He must do more, and I must do less. He must increase, and I must decrease. He must be greater than I, the holy Adonai. I must search, seek, chase, find, because it's all about Jesus. And I, I must resist to build my kingdom for the sake of his glory, not mine. His story, not mine. His power, his grace, his plan, a God so divine. So brick by brick, stone by stone, heart by heart, and soul by soul, I build I labor, I toil, I grind, not in vain for his kingdom, nothing to gain but his kingdom. So, he must be more, and I, I must be less. He must increase, and I, I must decrease. He must be greater than I, the holy Adonai. What does a resurrected life look like? My name is Eva, and I was asked to share my testimony today. Um, so bear with me. Prior to living the resurrected lifestyle, um, to being where I am now, I had always kept to myself, and I had hardly let anyone in. I had friends, but they didn't know the real me. And I always had this guard up and built walls that would keep people out. I was angry, and I was bitter, and I simply didn't trust people. Um, Along with that, I struggled with anxiety, constantly overthinking and overanalyzing everything. My mind was just always thinking and processing thoughts, and I couldn't shut it down. Um, it was never, and then I became a depressed. I feel like I was always depressed for the majority of my life. Um, I just, I would just come home from school, and it increasingly got worse last year. I'd come from school and lay in bed for hours and not move. Um, I failed my classes and was put on academic probation. I emailed one of my professors to know the process for dropping out because I just wanted to catch up with life and just take a pause and figure out what's going on with me. And it really just became too much to handle, and I did my best to try and keep it together, but every area of my life was falling apart. My thoughts were so negative, and I was replaying what had happened in life. Um, the thing that I kept trying to bury was kept coming up, and it was just a constant heaviness and really just a feeling of hopelessness. Um, I honestly thought that I was always struggling until I got to heaven and life would never be easy. I really didn't believe that life would get any better. Um, and I had thought this way as a result of what I experienced growing up. I was sexually assaulted and molested by my father when I was younger as well as another family member. And through that I became an angry kid. I would look for opportunities to fight and take my anger out on other people. And I was acting out. I didn't trust people when I would really let anyone in. 
I pushed people away and I built up walls to keep certain people out. And by certain people, I mean men. I pushed men away because I believed that all guys were the same and I did my best just to avoid them completely. So just this last summer, when I returned to work out in California, I'd met this guy and we started talking. We kept talking and I opened up more. And one day he expressed his feelings for me, hoping that it would turn into something different and I freaked out. And my mind immediately went to thinking like he was every other, like he was like every other guy who only wanted to hurt me. And immediately my wall went up. So in my efforts to push him away, I told him about my past, thinking that he would run and leave me alone. Because this clearly screams she has issues, and nobody really wants to sign up for that. I remember telling him, it's fine if you walk away, I don't blame you, um, I'm a lot to deal with, and I clearly have some unresolved issues. Um, and I had expected him to leave, because I believed the lie that no man would be able to handle this or accept it, that no one would want me knowing what I had been through. I thought that there was something wrong with me and I was defective. And I remember him saying, I'm not leaving. I still want to get to know you, and from our conversations and what I've learned about you, you're worth it. Um, you've been through hell and back, but that's not going to make me leave. And in that moment, just hearing that something changed, because how many times did Christ tell me that I was worth it, but I didn't believe it? Um, in that minute, Satan has lost his grip on me. And I, the lie that I had so deeply believed that no one would want me or be able to handle what I went through. But that's exactly what it was. It was a lie. So long story short, we kept talking, and God was pulling me back to him. Um, and I started praying more, and I started to put Christ at the center. We were both Christians by not living out our faith, and I had stopped going to church a year prior to that. Um, and he wasn't reading his Bible, and it didn't seem like he wanted to, or that he would only do it for me. And then it started getting confusing, and my trust and anger issues came right back up. Um, so from a young age, I always knew I wanted a relationship that would glorify God. It was either be single for the rest of my life, glorify God. There was no in between, in between. And this wasn't it, so it really just came down to this is what it is, and this is what God wants for me, um, and it just wasn't lining up. Um, and God told me to let him go, and of course I didn't want to because he had helped me um, make progress with my pain, and I was opening up and working through my issues, but because I knew I didn't want to, I knew I had to. Like, if God tells you to do something, you just do it. So I let him go. Um, because you can't change or fix someone, and I knew that. I knew I couldn't change him or make him want to go to church or turn back to God, because for the longest time, I couldn't even change or fix myself. Um, they were just, uh, and I always found a block between me and God. I used to go to church and read my Bible and pray, but there just a connection wasn't there, and there's just a distance. So one day, I just asked him. I was literally laying on my bed and had a one-to-one -one conversation with him, and I asked him, why is it so hard? Why am I always struggling? So I asked him to reveal my heart to me, and he showed me that because of what happened when I was a child, not only was I angry and didn't trust people and built up walls that kept people out, but I built up walls that even kept him out. And I was angry at him, and ultimately I didn't trust him because of what my earthly father did. I connected that with my heavenly father. I thought, though I said I trusted God, I didn't really trust God, and I didn't believe that he wanted what was best for me and that he didn't want to hurt me. And once that was revealed, I lost it and, of course, started bawling um, because I realized that I was the issue, not the thing that happened to me, that I was the one who kept God out and I didn't turn to him with it. Instead, I held on to it and I used it to justify my actions. I felt I was allowed to be angry because this happened to me. I thought I was allowed to build up walls and peep, keep people out and cut people off because this happened to me, and I was only trying to protect myself. So when I realized I was the issue and I was the reason behind the separation, the distance between God and I, and, had, um, and I had chosen to hold on to what was done to me. So the two options were I, continue, I could continue to hold on to it and struggle, or I could let it go. Um, and that decision was easy. So once I decided to let it go and not hold on to it anymore, not even to use it to justify my actions, um, and I had forgiven myself for what I did to God, I felt an instant peace, and I knew that he was going to take care of it, and I could trust him. Um, so since then, he's been walking me through my pain, and he's asked me to look at it instead of bury it. Um, he's been healing me from the inside out in my mentality, thoughts, and actions. And I'm no longer this anger, angry, bitter person. I've learned to trust on him in everything. And if he asks me to do something, I'll do it, even if it means sharing my testimony in a room filled with most strangers. Um, he's clearly been healing me, but... It's when I let him do it that everything started to change, and he was 
um, working from me and the inside out so I no longer struggle with it and just learning to be more, tr more transparent and vulnerable and just do what he tells and asks me to do. Thank you. Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And now I sayest unto you, Show us the Father, you say? Let me paraphrase. Hey, guys, I've been with you three years, and you still don't get it? Look what I'm showing you. If you see me, you see the Father. Jesus says, Jesus is the expression of God. Jesus is God incarnate. That means in the flesh. He's embodied in the flesh. God is first and foremost. Jesus is the divine expression of God. Jesus says to the, his disciples, I have to leave you. I have to go up now. My place in heaven is by my Father on his right side. But I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's exactly like me. He's going to talk to you like me. He's going to show you things like I did. The only difference is you won't be able to see him or feel him like you have with me. But he's my expression. God expressed through Jesus, the Holy Spirit expressed through Jesus, and then we come. It's hereditary. It's hereditary. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, us. One more thing. Hebrews 1 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, Jesus, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, the cross, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He was brilliant. He was white. He threw that stone away, and he knocked the soldiers down. He also knocked Paul down. This is my question to you. Your expression should be within you, not borrowed from someone else. You're not going to be able to play the piano like Peter or sing like Pavarotti, but you have something in you that's that expression. It's in your heart. You need to find out what it is so we can take that expression on. Amen? Ditto. I'm not highly theological or philosophical. I'm kind of a simple old farm boy. But I do know one thing. <clears throat> we serve a mighty, powerful God. <clears throat> and the other thing I know is this Holy Spirit's the real deal. Uh, when Linda was talking about the Holy Spirit, we were talking one day about, you know, God had the conversation about, um, well, I'm going to be, well, he had the same conversation only later on saying, I've got to bail out of this mess, and I'm going to go sit with Daddy, and I'm going to send somebody that's going to help you out to survive the mess you're going to be in here. The Holy Spirit was sent as our comforter, as our teacher. The biggest issue as human beings is we got to fight ourselves. For the last hour, all I've seen is everybody's talking about, this has got to go, this has got to go, this. No, that's the trick. The quicker we die to ourselves, I know it's a crude, crude line, but the quicker we're out of our own way, the quicker the Holy Spirit can take this mess over and life becomes easy. Amen. When that transition between life and death, we got to do like Jesus did. When his father said, son, it's time for you to go to the cross. And the angst that went through our Jesus couldn't have been an easy day for him. My gosh, tomorrow morning I'm going to be hanging up to that mess. and i got to trust the Father tells me that in a couple days I'll be back. 
making the rounds. Yeah, that takes a lot of faith and trust. We've got to believe that ourselves with the Holy Spirit. We've got to believe, only believe. That's a quaint phrase from Smith Wigglesworth, but it's profound. Only believe. If you believe this and take it as truth, the Holy Spirit will take this thing over. And when you come to that point in life where it's time to say, well, Father, maybe it's time for me to come to my, my home. We're just passing through this place. We're pilgrims. This is not our permanent home. Some of us get attached to this mess. We get attached to all these things that are here on this earth. We need to take a look at where, where our reward is going to be, our true home. And then the Holy Spirit will kick in and say, you know, Craig, you're walking around. And it's all of us. We're walking one day over here. And next thing you knew, we're here. And we don't know the difference. We, we hang out in the spiritual world. We hang out in the spiritual life over here. But we're with him because we know that's where our crown and reward is going to be. So I think that's about all I can think right now. <laughs> and I don't need to think any longer. But when the Holy Spirit starts expressing, I'd only pray that every one of the believers out here, that that flame or that fire that maybe is not that large in your heart right now, it may be only a pilot light. We've all been blessed with that Holy Spirit. I would, my biggest, biggest wish would be that we hook up with a big fuel source, whether it's prayer or more meditation or getting a grip on this and get this flame going higher. I would expect that we can start seeing miracles here at the body of Christ. Amen. I mean, there's no reason why we can't see all these things they saw in past days. God is today forever. He doesn't change. We, we change. We put, the, we put the grips on him. No, it's our own minds that put a grip on him. Okay, I'm sorry. They used to call me the Rev. There's a reason for this mess. Uh, all I can say is I would pray that your flames could limit out, that we can take this congregation to a different level of flame. Let the flames, let the burn, and we all get real with ourselves and say, hey, we aren't all that. We're not that perfect. We need a little work here and there. But the quicker we're all dead, the happier we're all going to be. Thank you. From the beginning of time until today and the expression of Jesus and his grace of one exchange with humankind now we are going to tell it again Genesis chapter 1 then God said let us make human beings in our image and likeness to be like us they will have dominion over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern chapter 2 verse 7 says and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life with his wind and man became a human being then the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone I will make a helper who is just right for him so the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept the Lord God took out of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, 
this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. And everybody said amen. Going to the New Testament in Acts chapter 17, reading from verse 24 to 34. The God who made the world and everything in it, this master of sky and land doesn't live in custom-made shrines or need the human race to run errands for him as if he could not take care of himself. He makes the creatures. The creatures don't make him. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote, he's near. We live and move in him. We can't get away from him. One of your poets said it well, we're the God created. Well, if we are the God created, it doesn't make a lot of sense to think we could hire a sculptor to chisel a God out of stone for us, does it? God overlooks it as long as you don't know any better. But that time is past. The unknown is now known, and he is calling forth a radical life change. He has set a day when the entire human race will be judged and everything set right. And he has already appointed the judge, confirming him before everyone by raising him from the dead and at that phrase raising him from the dead the listeners split some laughed at him and walked off making jokes others said let's do this again we want to hear more but that was it for the day and Paul left there were still others it turned out who were convinced and believed then they stayed with Paul, among those with Dionysus, the Aragite, and a woman named Damaris. What we've just read, this is the word read in our hearing, the biblical account and scriptural truth regarding the human experience and God. But how else can we express it? Expression. Everybody say expression. The three definitions I want to share with you about expression. The process of making known one's thoughts or feelings. The second definition of expression. The look on someone's face that conveys a particular emotion. And number three, the act of representing in words, art, music, or movement. This is human expression. pleasing and glorifying God in our activities, actions, and acts. So when I think of the word pleasing and I want to share it, we automatically want to think of the word faith. And when we think about the word glorifying, or that is to say glory, glory means radiant, bright light. It means visible splendor. It means weightiness. So in application, it means to shine, it means splendor, it means substance. In sentence form, we could say, shine in splendor with the substance God graces you to have. I wanna thank God for all who participated by serving and sacrificing for today's success in truly pleasing and glorifying God in our activities, the planning meetings, the practices, and the projects. The actions, how we treated with, 
how we treated each others and even how we treated store clerks, how we labored to do all of this and the ministry of our attitudes and acts for the Holy Spirit to move supernaturally in people's lives today. Would you join me right now in thanking God for all of them that have participated? Would you do that right now? About seven or nine years ago, I was listening to a message, and it briefly mentioned to be human. That focused thought flourished in me lots of meaning and seeking. And if and since God created us as humans, there should be so much more awareness that we should have about our lives. Who is God, our creator? Why is the world like this? Who are we as people? And what are we capable of? This breathes more prophetic enlightenment into my core values that means God has to be for everyone in every aspect, everywhere, in everything, and in everyday life. This raises our three single most questions. Is our God real? What is God like? And what is human? And for our discovery, I would like to propose these two principles. God created humans for pleasing and glorifying. Human expression is the uniqueness of the species that represents and speaks the same as our creator. So, is our God real? Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. When we review back over those verses in verse 14, like this first song we sang today, Paul says, I need to tell the world, tell it everywhere I go. No matter where we come from, tell the world that I am unashamed of the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the death, of the death burial and sacrifice and Jesus being resurrected from the dead. He says that the righteousness or right in his sight means how to please God now is by faith. For the just live by faith. Wickedness does exist in our world. And we must not deny it of its reality. But all creation... God is clearly seen and known. One of the illustrations I could give is that an international speaker and leader and pastor was at his doctor having something checked out. And this non-practicing Jewish man who was the doctor was going through the physical and then he stopped, turned to him and said, the blood in our bodies is absolutely amazing. There's no way we can deny who God is. And then he went right back to his examination. My answer is, our God is authentically real. Yes. 
What is God like? Well, our elders, the half-pops, concisely communicated today's resurrection message. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression. Jesus is the exact expression of God's being. And he upholds everything by the power of his word. And after he made purification for our sins of humanity, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. When it says expression, the Greek word is caricature. It's the instrument used for engraving or carving. It means it's the exact expression, the image of any person or thing, marked likeness, precise reproduction in every aspect, like a facsimile. It means to sharpen a point through the idea of scratching. And Jesus continually has scratched us by his reality. Amen. My answer is, Jesus is the exact expression of what God is like. He is the exact expression of what God has to say. And Jesus is the exact expression of who God is. I think you could say amen there. So the question that remains is, what is human? We as humans were created in the Imago Dei, the image and likeness of God. Humans are creative. Humans have the capacity to love. Humans are soul to feel, think, and will. Humans have been given dominion, and humans are free. But we know something happened. The fall of humankind, apart from God, our creator, and it has affected our humanity. We started hiding, covering up stuff in fear and shame, blaming and even killing one another. We know something happened because we even call things against our own species. We are humans, say things, and people are inhumane, which is to say you're not even human. I want to nullify two myths we have accepted about being human. To be human is to err. That is biblically backwards in what we read in Genesis. In other words, we were created with the capacity to err, but to be human is to not err automatically. The second myth is that we are only human. God never said that when he originally made us. We are only. God called all he created, that means us too, good. We are not only human, we are human. But we are not made to just go through the motions. That drags us into robotic regiments, stuck in a system and cycle that becomes lifeless in the mundane and meaninglessness. And I ask the question, not to offend, has acceptable Christian religion become only another form of conformity? We simply want people to fall in line, do right, and do it the only way we say. A pastor recently said, we assemble in churches and only say amen to what we want to hear and to have affirm what we already know. And we can be closed-minded in our own comfort zones. I have, an I have an internal conflict when we accept or reject people subconsciously based upon our own set of norms. Let's untwist the truth of Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world, not just the world of sin, but let's not be conformed to being constricted and contained by anything that oppresses us down. We are not created to just exist. We ponder perplexed and wander wondering, what are we as humans? I tell you with passion, we are created as people and a species for so much more and more and more. We crave 
our created purpose. God created us to be human. Why is to be creative to be human? Because our creative created every one of us to be creative. I'll say that again, that you will not exclude yourself. Because our creator created every one of us to be creative. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 6, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Did you hear where it says hoped for and things invisible not seen? This reminds me of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Listen. Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose to do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think or imagine, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so be it. All that we imagine, think, dream, envision. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 2 through 6. For by faith the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were made from things that are invisible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it being dead still speaks. For by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In verse 3, it shows us what and how God is, creating things that are seen out of things that were not seen. Verse 6 shows us, as we are the created species, the requirement now to please God for humans is faith. Our hopes and evidence come from our imagination, our thoughts, our dreams, and what we envision. We could call it sight, foresight, insight, and onsight. You see, this haunts us, and it is only unique to us as humans to want what does not exist, to have hope and substance of what we cannot see, and to see what can be. My personal testimony to that would be this. When I was in high school, back when we used to walk uphill both ways, <laughs> where most of you graduated in your upper 3%, but I graduated in my lower 33%. I only had Midland to low grades. I was in a social science class, and the only class I liked, I got an A minus in. That is where I imagined and I daydreamed that one day I would do presentations on chalkboards and displays and charts and overhead projections and in graphics to people. I imagined it. You see, children imagine, dream, think developmentally without limitations up to about the age of adolescence. Then their development reverses to then seeing the world concretely. Think with inhibitions through boundaries and confinements. You see, even much younger, when I was 9, 10, and 11, I imagined, I thought, and I said to myself, I was going to make white people believe black people are good. I was only a child. Why would a child take on this responsibility of an entire ethnicity and prove something to another ethnicity, all while growing up 10 minutes away and 40 years ago from Ferguson, Missouri? Humans 
materialize what is invisible and does not yet exist. What we imagine, think, dream, and envision. You see, humans' natural habitat is the future. We are species that were created to materialize and inhabit the future. Bees make hives, and birds make nests. Ants make colonies, and beavers make dams. Trees become forests and reach to the sky. Oceans make waves and sounds that roar. But humans make futures and materialize from our imagination things that do not exist. How does this happen? By believing and putting our faith in the exact expression of God, revealing what it means to be human. Jesus came to express God and how to be human again. What is human? It is human to love, to know love, to receive love, to be loved, and to love, to have the capacity to love. You see, 1 John 4.16 and verse 8 does it say it too. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, For now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. For most of my pastoring tenure, I avoided preaching Psalms 23 and John chapter 3, verse 16. But recently, but recently I started researching who and how did John 3.16 become the billboard for Christianity? While doing so, the Holy Spirit showed me two epiphanies. Would you start off by saying this with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It was that beginning phrase, for God so loved the what? God loves humans. Number two. And this all-striking conviction had me stop, pull over, and write it down. You don't stop loving something you created just because it goes bad. Wow. This could be illustrated when the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah was sent to Dallas, Texas, to the potter's house. The potter did not give up the clay, but made a vessel over again from the same clay that was marred. Amen. This is why you see mamas and families never stop loving children that have been incarcerated or in deliberating destructive decisions and inhumane habits. You see, God's love put a plan in place for our purpose. What is human? To be free. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. To be human is to be free. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The word says we have fallen short, but we did not start short. We were created for glory. We were created free. We were not created to be regimented. We were not created to be restricted. We were not created to be ensnared, to be entangled, to be entrapped, to be in bondage and be belittled. We were not created to be bystanders. We were not created nor boisterous in pride, nor be miserable in perfectionism, ruled by rules, right doing to be approved, resolving only to a religion, which is just another form of fear, trying to stay out of trouble and being out of the radar. We were created as humans to be free, free from the fall, free from falling apart, Free from falling from glory, free from falling in line, free from falling out of love with other people and existing in unforgiveness to them and from them, and worse, unforgiving against our own selves. Jesus, 
the exact expression of God's being purified, cleansed, and set us free. To be human is to be free and free again. I, for the past three years, have been in bondage. Bondage to myself, especially to other people, and in a debacle of disobedience. I have not been free to be the human me. I, along with so many people who struggle and are torn with, how are all these things going to turn out? We're supposed to live by faith, but we are conditioned to live by formulas. God created us to create the future. Animals and plants and all of the species created in the earth do not imagine what can exist that does not yet exist. Only humans imagine, think, dream, and envision. We are graced and haunted at the same time as humans to imagine our world, to imagine a world without hunger, to imagine a world without poverty, to imagine a world without injustices and prejudices. We have been haunted to imagine a world without plagues of sickness and disease. We dream and envision what it would mean to have a world that little girls are not in sexual trafficking, let alone when it is not done from all around the world, but it's done in our own homes. What about us imagining a world without inhumanity? Inhumanity. We imagine, we can imagine a world where one man is not killed for his color and where other people are not colored by darkness and killed as terrorists. We imagine, we can imagine, think, dream, and envision a world of prosperity available for all where there is available mates to be married, a world without cancer taking loved ones, a world where clean drinking water was available wherever your village is in the world, where we write poetry and books that are inside of us, when we imagine a world where humans paint beyond the canvases, where musicians multiply, making melodies through other members. We imagine a world where we can dance because we can't sing or play an instrument, but God is still yet pleased and glorified. We imagine a world where what we speak transforms lives. All because it is our human expression. To have human expression is to accept that it is more important to imagine and create than it is to reflect and regret. This is an awakening message this is an empowering message. This is an inspiring message. And it is also an inviting message. Hebrews 11:6 said, For without faith it is impossible. Only to humans is that declared. It is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. From Hebrews 1, verse 3, I want you to get this. We can understand that the Son is the exact expression of God in human form, who came and pleased and glorified God our Father and Creator. Today's theme is expression. And this is a human expression of artistry. No, Jesus may not have cried or had a tear on the cross. 
But the artists like Brother EJ and Victoria and Pastor Holly, he said, I wanted to use the butterfly that we did earlier because the testimony on it has been exchanged. It was pain, but it's been exchanged. He used these sticks, which were used earlier as art, as the hair of Jesus. Why? A message in a message because it's renewable. Jesus loved you and me and gave his human life and created a future for us to be free. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6 says, we can be here and exist and yet still be dead. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Today, we want to invite you to live. Jesus rose from the grave because he is alive. Today, we want to invite you. For those who want a new way of being human, a new way of being human, we want you to come in this section and prayer and altar call team will meet you here and walk you through and pray you from one place of inhumanity or something that you know you're not into becoming the way Jesus made us to be human. If you're here today, we want to invite you to be free. We want you to come to this middle section and prayer and altar call team members and half pops and others will meet you here because you were created to be free, free from being bound by anything, bound by yourself, bound by people, bound by fear or bound by an enemy. God created you human to be free. We want to invite you today to the one this is burning on the inside of you. I was sitting way up near the balcony as this man of God preached this message. And you know you are created for so much more than you are right now. And you feel like you are not living up to it. God wants you to know you were created to make a future, to maximize your potential. You need, as Sister Linda said, to begin to express your human expression that pleases and glorifies God in your activities, your actions, and your acts. So as Brother Half Pop said, that the Holy Spirit can move supernaturally in your world. You and I were created to be human. He is risen, so now we arise. Let's arise now.